Do you know how blessed you are? This worship team. Amen. I can tell you, I've been one or two places. I've worshipped in a number of places. What a sweet, sweet spirit in this church. And I know it's because of Jesus. You know, it's all about Jesus. It's always about Jesus. It'll always be about Jesus. God has blessed you with the worship team that you have. He's blessed you with your pastor. He was kind enough on his vacation to spend some time with me this week. What a sensitive man of God to the Spirit of God. Sold out to Jesus. None, one who will not compromise the word of the living God. Listen, honor your pastor. Honor him. Pray for him. Pray for him. God has blessed you in such a wonderful way to have such a man of God. Amen? Amen. Also, you have in your midst two people that I know. One I've known for quite a while. Dr. Jimmy Buskirk and his wife, Nancy. Amen. These are giants in the kingdom of God. And worthy to be honored. Worthy to be honored. Honor their ministry. Honor their walk with the Lord. Dr. Jim Winslow back here is to be honored as well. These men have these men have witnessed far and wide and their influence goes all over the United States and even even in the world. So praise the Lord. Dr. Winslow, uh, for instance, I, you know, I happened to, to visit uh, Oklahoma Surgical Hospital for a little, little visit. Uh, Dr. Winslow was uh, very instrumental as provost of uh, Oral Roberts University of uh, really planning that hospital. It's amazing. It's, it's really fantastic uh, what he's done. He did it so well that uh, he was telling us the other day that uh, he couldn't remember everything that was done as he walked through. So he also was, uh, I don't know if you know this, uh, David, my son-in-law, David uh, Long was the uh, uh, CEO of uh, Central States Orthopedic. Uh, and Dr. Winslow was one of the initial ones that started that uh, practice. And so we give the, Lord, uh, give the Lord praise for him. Giants in the church. Not just the Methodist church, the church. Amen. And so you're blessed. You're blessed just to be here. And all of you, God has put together such a wonderful group of people. You know, as you praise, uh, everybody that visits just senses the, the spirit of the Lord. And, and I'm so thankful. Now, uh, can, I have, can I have just a minute of fun? Would that be all right? Okay. I'm, we are celebrating, Mary and I, today... We're celebrating 46 years of marriage. Amen. She deserves a trophy. 
more than you can ever imagine. More than you can ever imagine. She, uh, she stuck with me, and I praise the Lord for it. Uh, one man said uh, some time ago, he said uh, about his marriage, he said, we've been married 50 years. Uh, actually, we've been married one year, and I've been on probation for the 40 <laughs> rest of the time. But I'm trying to make it. I'm trying to do better. Now, in, you know, a few weeks ago, I heard your pastor teach on marriage. And uh, then last week, I mean, how do you follow a biomedical engineer? It's, I mean, wow. Uh, how do you follow Chris and all the men of God who've preached in this pulpit? But anyway, in honor of our 46th anniversary, <laughs> I'm not sure that I want to do this, but let me do it. <clears throat> you can tell I'm a little hesitant. <clears throat> a wife making a breakfast of fried eggs for her husband one morning. Suddenly her husband burst into the kitchen. Careful, he said. Careful. Put in some more butter. Oh, my Lord, you're cooking too many at once. Too many. Turn them, turn them, turn them now. We need more butter. Oh, my Lord, where are we going to get more butter? They're going to stick. Careful, careful, careful. You never listen to me when you're cooking. Never. Turn them. Hurry up. Are you crazy? You've lost your mind. Don't forget to, don't forget to salt them. You know, you always forget to salt them. Use the salt. Use the salt. The wife stared at her husband and said, what in the world is wrong with you? Don't you know that I know how to cook a couple of fried eggs? And he said, yes, dear. I just wanted to show you how it felt when I was driving. <laughs> oh, me. Could I have an escort home, please? <laughs> no. My wife is a gentle, sweet spirit. That would ne never be her. Amen. Well, would you bow your head for a word of prayer? Heavenly Father, as we come into your presence this morning, we give you glory. We thank you, Lord, that your word shall go forth and not return unto you void, but it shall accomplish the things that you please and prosper therein the place where it's sent. Lord, send your word into our hearts that we may mix it with faith and profit from it, we pray. Forgive us of our sins, O God. Prepare our hearts in every way, Lord, to receive what you have offered to us and what you're offering to us today. Lord, God, fill this house with your holy presence in a very special, special way even now, Lord, as you've ushered us into your presence through worship, we pray, Lord, that you would fill us all afresh with your spirit. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. Well, turn to Psalms 139. Let me read a few scriptures to you this morning. Psalm 139, beginning in verse 1. 
Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thoughts afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down, and you are acquainted with all my ways. Verse, amen. Verse 7. Where can I go from your spirit, or where can I flee from your presence? I ascend into heaven, and you are there. I make my bed in hell. Behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. Verse 13. For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. Another version says, You created my inmost being and knit me together in my mother's womb. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well. And then Matthew 28 the great commission that the Lord has given to us. Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. Matthew 28. And when Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority, or all power, has been given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age." And then 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 14 through 18. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of an archangel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. This is the word of the living God. We are set apart, sanctified by the truth. His word is truth. Let's see if I can negotiate these chairs, uh, these uh, stairs. Amen. You know, we. I received a card a couple of days ago. Sonia's here. She sent it. 
And there was a scripture on that card. It was for our anniversary. This is what the... It's Ephesians 3, verse 18. May you be able to feel how deep and wide and long and high is the love of God. May you be able to experience and understand. I left that out. May you be able to experience and understand how deep and how wide and how high is the love of God. God wants each one of us to experience the height and the breadth and the depth of his love. He wants every person to know how special that we are to the heart of God. He draws us with his love. He loves us into the kingdom. Some one, well, the steadfast love of the Lord just never stops, does it? It's new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. Psalm 139 that we read just a minute ago. You have searched me and known me. He knows us. You have searched me and known me, O Lord. He knows everything about us. He knows our thoughts. He knows our desires. He knows our deepest dreams. He knows the things that we're passionate about. He knows our weaknesses. He knows our strengths. He knows everything about us. He even knows our thoughts, what we're thinking. You perceive my thoughts from afar. The scripture says, you're acquainted with all my ways. God is acquainted with all of our ways, everything about us. And he's claimed us as his own through, his, through the Lord Jesus Christ. He's claimed us through his love. He's claimed us as his own. Praise the Lord. Psalm 139 verse 13 says, You created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Oh, just think about that. Just, just focus on that for a minute. The King of kings and the Lord of lords, the God of the universe, the creator of the entire universe, the one who created the sun and the moon and the stars, the one who is the Holy One of Israel. Holy, holy is his name. He made you. He created us in our mother's womb. We're his creation. We're special. Listen, your life counts to God. Your life counts. Everything that you do, who you are counts. He values you. He made you. You're his masterpiece. Praise the Lord. Oh, it's strong in here, isn't it? <laughs> Amen. You're his masterpiece. Glory to his name. The scripture says, uh, I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. That's right. Marvelous are your works, O Lord. You are precious in the sight of God. Precious are your thoughts toward me, it says in verse 17. Precious are your thoughts toward me, O God. Great is the sum of them. God has you on his mind. He's thinking about you. 
He's thinking about what you're going to do. He's thinking about who you are. He's thinking about your future. He's thinking about your thoughts. He's thinking about your heart. He's thinking about your desires. God has you on his mind. And he loves you. How deep and how wide, how high is his love. He draws us with his love. He draws us with his grace. Praise the holy name of the Lord. I think it says in John 15, verse 9, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. What did you say, Lord? <laughs> As the Father has loved me, Jesus said, so have I loved you. He loves us with the same love. The height and breadth and depth of the same love that he loves the Son. You know, that's almost incomprehensible. How, how can you comprehend that kind of love? He, you see, God can't love us less. He's perfect in his love. He's perfect in his grace. He's perfect in his mercy. And so, the resurrected Jesus, after he went to the cross, my grandson quoted the verse, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God so loved all of us. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have that everlasting life, have eternal life. That's how much he loves each one of us. And so the resurrected Lord who had gone to the cross, shed his blood for our sins, stood just before he was ascended to ascend into heaven, and he said these words to each one of us and to his disciples. He said, All power in heaven and earth is given unto me. Go ye therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Lo, I am with you until the end of the age. Praise the Lord. What a commission. What a charge. Listen to what he said. All power in heaven and earth has been given to us. No. To him. <laughs> All power in heaven and earth has been given to Jesus. And he says, I am with you. Which means all power in heaven and earth is with you in Jesus Christ. Because he's with you. And he'll never leave you. And he'll never forsake you. Last week, I was here when we had the video, Fabio. By the way, I'm, we celebrated the baptism of the young lady. Is she here? In with the children? Wasn't, it, wasn't that special? Baptism. Jesus said, go and make disciples. Go and make disciples. I believe that's what this church 
is doing and what this church is about. Making disciples, bringing people to Jesus, sharing the word of God, sharing about the mercy of the Lord, sharing about the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and then making disciples as they continue in the word. Make disciples. Baptizing them. Baptizing them. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said, I'll be with you. I'll be with you when you do that. Have you thought, when was the last time you thought about your own baptism? Whenever you were baptized. Whenever you were baptized. The significance of baptism, and we call it a sacrament, Jesus gave this commission, he gave this authoritative order to make disciples and then baptize them. Baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. When's the last time you, you thought about it? You reviewed the significance of it in your heart about what it means. Baptism, water baptism, is as significant as you understand and respond in faith to what it means in your relationship to Jesus. It is what it does in your life depends upon how God is working in your life to will and to do His good pleasure and how you respond to what it means in your life. Let me say this. I think we all know this here. No amount of water can make you a disciple. No sacred word spoken over you can make a spiritual change in your heart. No outward symbol acts. But we understand baptism as an outward sign of an inward grace. Now, does God work in baptism? Oh, I think he does. I've seen it happen. I've seen it. We, I've ex experienced it happen. God does work in baptism. Praise the Lord. So, I thought I'd just share with you chapter 1. When I came to Jesus for the first time. I was nine years old. The age of my grandson. I was at the time, the oldest of five children. My mother and father were getting a divorce. This was way back when. My father was headed to prison. He was the manager of a B.F. Goodrich store, and he messed up. But he was on the run. We were living in Macon, Mississippi. Macon, Mississippi. Sweet Mississippi. <laughs> There we were, and the pastor's daughter and her husband picked me up and took me to church. I don't remember if they had children or not. I don't know why the rest of the kids didn't go. At the time, like I said, I was the oldest of five, mother remarried, and ended up, I ended up being the oldest of nine. I heard the gospel preached. I heard how Jesus loves us. And how he forgives our sin, how he died on the cross for our sins. I heard the word of faith 
that we preached. I heard the word of salvation, the word of his grace, and I accepted Jesus as my Savior. And I told my mama, I said, Mama, I, I've already received Jesus, but I'm going to the church and make a public profession of my faith. Years ago, we went back through Macon, Mississippi. I went to that church. It's amazing that it was still there. <laughs> and they, I walked in, and there was those, those pews that seemed a little darker uh, with those dark pews. I could still see that pew where I sat. And when the pastor gave the invitation, I still remember how I felt. Nervous. But I went down front and made a public profession of my faith. I went down front and shared that I had accepted what Jesus did for me on the cross and that he had forgiven my sins and he'd given me new life. And you know what that pastor did? He asked me to pray. He asked me to pray. Nine years old. Think of that. Good job. And I did. I don't remember the exact words I prayed, but I remember the heart of that prayer. Lord, let people come to Jesus. Lord, lead people to you that they may receive salvation. Lord, bring them in. Lord God, let them receive you as Savior. Oh, Lord, save souls, Lord God. Save souls. Praise the Lord. Let me tell you, for me, the gospel is the greatest story I have ever heard. It's the greatest story I have ever heard. It's the greatest message ever proclaimed. Hallelujah. We receive, for God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Oh, what a story. Oh, what a great message. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Glory. And this life is in His Son, Jesus Christ. And you receive forgiveness of sins through His blood. Oh, praise the Lord. Through the blood of Jesus, I was delivered out of the hand of the enemy into the kingdom of God. And saved from the wrath. I'm getting excited. Saved from the wrath to come. Hallelujah. Yes, through the blood of Jesus, I have been justified just as if I'd never sinned. Through the blood of Jesus, I've been sanctified. Praise the Lord. Set apart unto the Lord. My body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. I've been cleansed, justified, and sanctified through the great and wonderful and precious blood of the Lamb. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. It is the greatest message that I have ever heard. And it's the heart. It's my heart. It's the heart of the ministry. It's the heart for each one of us. We want to see people come to Jesus. That's what we're here for. That's what we're called to do. Wherever we are, whatever we're doing in the world, whatever we want to do in the world, Jesus has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light to share his wonder-working grace. Praise the Lord. Oh, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. 
He's redeemed us. We've been redeemed. It's about time the redeemed say so, don't you think? It's about time we stand up in this world and say so. We're the redeemed. We're the children of God. We're made. We're made and created by him. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. New creation, old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. Aren't you glad you received Jesus? And if you're here this morning, if you're here this morning, and you've been thinking, well, you know, maybe today I should come and receive Jesus as my Savior. Let me tell you something. If you're saved and you know it, <laughs> say amen. amen. Uh, and if you've come this morning, I want you to know something really good. You can celebrate that salvation because Jesus said, no one... John 6, 44. No one comes to me except the Father who sent me draws him. Yeah. You understand that? If you've been saved, glorify the Lord because it is God who has saved you by his grace. We're saved by grace through faith, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. And not of works, it is the gift of God, not of works lest any man should boast. You see, from the time that you're created in your mother's womb and knit together, the Holy Spirit is drawing you, wooing you by His free, undeserved love and grace until the point that you receive Jesus and receive forgiveness of sins and new life. You see, we're saved by faith. Faith alone saves us, right? Faith alone saves us. But the faith that saves us is never alone. Because he's with you. And he'll never leave you. He will never forsake you. All we have in Christ. All we have from the Father. Is what he has offered us in Jesus Christ. I know I'm preaching to the choir. Praise the Lord choir. Worship team. Men and women of God. We've been called. We've been charged to be witnesses of the living Christ. Praise the Lord. Now, what can we offer him? Maybe we ought to think about that some this morning. What can we offer him? Just one thing. Surrender. Surrender. To give yourself to the Lord Jesus Christ without reserve without holding back. Commitment is saying, Lord, this is what I'm going to do for you. Lord God, this is what I'll do for you. But surrender says, Lord, I put my life in your hands. Do with me what you want to do, Lord. Whatever it, whatever it means, whatever, wherever and whatever, Lord God, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God is moving. He's moving there's a revival that's happening. I think it's happening here. There's a revival taking place. He's renewing us in spirit, soul, and body. He's putting in us a desire, a holy desire, to see people saved, to see people filled with the Holy Spirit, to see people discipled. You know, now one thing I learned, that was just chapter one. I don't have three chapters. <laughs> I got a number of them. But anyway... <laughs> One thing I learned in my life, 
Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> Once you receive Jesus, you, gotta go, you, you need to go on. If you continue in his word, you'll be his disciples indeed. And you'll know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. It is the truth that makes us free. It is the truth that leads us on to maturity. It is the truth. But you know, it's the truth that you know that makes you free. It's the truth that's been revealed to you that you've mixed with faith that makes you free. And so here was the Lord Jesus Christ, the resurrected Lord. He was standing before his disciples. And he said in Luke 24, 49, Behold, I send unto you the promise of my Father. Tarry in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. And he said, now listen, he said, now look, all power in heaven and earth has been given to me. You go and make disciples. Make disciples. Baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And lo, I am with you always. And then he said in Acts 1.8, When the Holy Spirit, you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you shall be my witnesses. We're called to be the witnesses of the living Lord. And then after he said that, he began to rise into the air. And he went higher and higher and higher until he disappeared. There were two angels, or two men dressed in white. Seems to me they were angels. Two men dressed in white, and they looked at these disciples. I mean, Jesus had been appearing and disappearing and, and was in and out of their presence off and on. And he looked at them and, and the angels looked at him and said, Why do you stand gazing? The same Jesus that was taken up from you into heaven so will come again. Just as you saw him, just as you saw him go into heaven, he will come again. Jesus, praise the Lord. The living Lord, the one who said, I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I'm alive forevermore, he is coming back. He's coming back for his church. He's coming back for you. He's coming back for me. He's coming back for anyone who has confessed Jesus as Lord and Savior and received him as Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You remember the promise. Passover. This, this really is the promise of Jesus coming back. Jesus said, You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house, John 14. In my Father's house are many rooms, are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Jesus, the personification of pure, holy truth, the Son of God said, look, if it wasn't so, I would have told you. I would have told you. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, you may be also. Glory to God. One of these days, 
Jesus is going to descend from heaven with a shout. <laughs> oh, man, is that going to be good. He's going to descend from heaven with a shout and the voice of an archangel and the trumpet of God. And those who are, and, and, and he's going to take true Christians to heaven. And those who are dead in Christ shall rise first and we shall all gather together with him. And so we shall so ever be with the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. It's going to happen suddenly without prophetic signs, without warnings. He's going to come. Do y'all always stop it? No. <laughs> He's going to come again. He's coming for the church. Suddenly, we're going to be transported into heaven to be with Him. And our physical bodies will be changed in the twinkling of an eye. We'll be changed to our glorified bodies. Listen, it says in 1 Corinthians, I ain't got time to go into it. You can look it up. 1 Corinthians 15, 52 through 54. Our corruptible nature will be eradicated. Are you with me? We'll be whole spirit, soul, and body. And Philippians 3, verse 21 says that Jesus, that the Lord will transform, He will transform our lowly bodies to conform with His glorious body. 1 John 3, verse 2 says, We shall be like Him. In other words, in our glorified bodies, we should be like Him, the resurrected Lord. I know we don't think about this very much. We should think about this. We should think about it because we should prepare our lives so we are ready when He comes. Praise the Lord. Establish your hearts, James 5, 8 says, for the day of the Lord is coming. Establish your hearts for the day of the Lord is coming. Have you ever thought about His resurrected body? <laughs> Jesus he, he, could, uh, he could vanish and appear. He could walk, talk, and eat in his glorified body. They could recognize him. He was not bound by gravity, time, or space. Now, I don't know how that's going to, uh, how, how those abilities, how much of those abilities we'll have or to what extent we'll have them. But what I do know as that he says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 9, that we have not been appointed to wrath, but to salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. Because when that time comes, when he takes us, the great tribulation will be coming. And his wrath will be poured out upon sinful humanity. And you may ask, well, wait a minute. Maybe you didn't ask. <laughs> you may ask, well, wait a minute, hold on here. We receive Jesus as Savior, but as Christians, we're still sinful. How is it that only Christians will be delivered from the wrath that is coming upon all humanity? You know it. You know the answer, don't you? Because of the atoning death of Jesus Christ shedding His blood on the cross for our sins, applying that is payment for our sins. We receive the righteousness of Jesus. 
For he made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Listen, you've been claimed by God. You've been claimed by the living Lord. You've been claimed by his love. You've been called and commissioned to make disciples. We've been called and commissioned to be witnesses of the Lord. Oh God, give us power to be your witnesses. Give us power to be your witnesses, Lord. Because he's coming for us. The Lord who created you, the Lord who loves you, is coming again. He's coming for us. He's coming for each one of us. Would you pray? Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord, that you love us with an everlasting love. Yea, the Lord of old hath appeared unto me, saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love, therefore with loving kindness have I drawn you. Thank you, Lord, that you've drawn us into a love relationship with you that's real and personal. Thank you, Lord, that you're with us and you never leave us. Thank you, Lord, that you're coming again for us. Help us to, help us to prepare our hearts, O oh God, to receive you, to be ready to be caught up with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. May I just so bold, be so bold? I think it would be all right with, with Brother Chris. If you're here this morning and you've never made a public profession of faith, I invite you to come. The pastors are here. The altar counselors will be here. If you're here this morning and you need to come back to the Lord, you drifted away, I invite you to come back. He's claimed you. You were born to be his. Born. Won't you come? Won't you come? Amen.